Well, again, I'm going to focus, as I did last year, on, on the first reading here from Leviticus. Of course, the gospel passage is very uh, awesome, wonderful. I'm just going to focus on our first reading. Um, now, I know that all of you remember to the smallest detail exactly what I preached about this passage last year. You take copious notes and you review them on a daily basis, and so I don't have to repeat what I said last year. But um, I spoke about how Leviticus is really kind of an interesting book because no one reads it. <laughs> but yet it's the book that Christ drew, from which Christ drew the second most important commandment. So there's a real irony of that. And Leviticus is a really, really, actually very important book. It's central to the books of Moses. It comes right in the center. And um, and so that's uh, really a sign from the Holy Spirit of how important of a book it is. And the center of the book itself is is this section that scholars refer to as the Holiness Code. And so it's just all of these moral injunctions, and it's in the midst of all of these moral injunctions that we find the second greatest commandment about loving our neighbor. Uh, this year, I focused la- a lot last year on how uh, this whole idea that we shouldn't bear a grudge against people, we shouldn't bear hatred, and that rather instead of kind of like letting resentment towards our neighbor build up in our hearts, we actually should confront our neighbor just one-on-one and say, you know, when you did this, it made me feel, and I'd like you not to do this again, X, Y, and Z, as opposed to going about and complaining, calling up mom and talking to her for two hours about how nasty Susie was to me or whatever it was, you know. Um, so that's kind of what I focused on last year and how this this kind of act of actually confronting someone is an act of great love uh, because you're exposing yourself. You're admitting to the person that they hurt you and that you're vulnerable and that you can be hurt and and even coming and talking to that person is a, is a act of vulnerability and uh, and charity. Um, this this year though I'd like to focus on how Leviticus and um, God's calling for each one of us through sacred scripture is a positive calling to holiness. So this passage here starts off right off the bat and says, "Be holy, for I am holy. Be holy for I the Lord your God am holy." And that's the calling of each follower of Christ is to be holy. Second Vatican Council famously spoke about the universal call to holiness for everybody, not just clergy and religious, for, but for laity, and for everybody, we're called to holiness. And it's really, uh, sometimes people will have a sense of like a feeling of condemnation, like, oh my gosh, you know, we had a speaker, the adult speaker last night, he was a whirlwind of a speaker. All right, I brought him in because he makes me look like the Pillsbury Doughboy, this guy, Rocco Fortunato, he's a real fiery, fiery uh, speaker, preacher. Um, but he talked about holiness and our call to holiness. And, and he did a good job doing that. Um, so it kind of reminds me, it brings me, it brings that topic to the forefront of my mind this morning. Sometimes people get the feeling of like, oh my gosh, we're called to be saints. Because that's what the word saint means. It means holy. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, this is terrible. You know, I'd rather just be, is it, is it okay if I just be good? <laughs> like, is that enough? I, I don't know about the holy thing. Good? I can maybe manage that. Holy? I don't know about that one. Um, 
And I think that mindset is a, there's a fundamental misunderstanding because really it's actually a misunderstanding of what it is to be good. Goodness is such a profoundly positive reality. It's really equivalent to holiness. Okay. Goodness and holiness really are pointed in the same direction. Uh, almost equivalent, almost the same exact thing. Um, it's only because we've watered down the concept of goodness that we feel like that's a much easier sort of route to go than the path of holiness. Oh, I can be good, but the holy thing, I'm going to leave that for Mother Teresa. Goodness is a fundamental property of being, of created being. So the philosophers and theologians talk about the transcendentals. And so the fundamental aspects of being are at least three. Uh, goodness, truth, and beauty. Okay, there's more. But they're called the transcendentals. And what they mean by that is that uh, beyond all sort of like concrete particularities, the most fundamental aspects of reality are those three things. Goodness, truth, and being. But goodness is one of them. It's foundational. Being is good. Created being is good. And it reflects the... That that quality of God. God is the supreme transcendent good. Being itself is good. And when you really understand that, you then start to understand um, moral goodness. Moral goodness is living in accordance with the reality of who you are as a human being. And so then the deeper level then is virtue. Virtue is a positive reality. So when we look at Leviticus, it's a lot of don'ts. Don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do this. But it's very interesting because it doesn't stop there. It ends with love your neighbor as yourself. That's a positive virtue. Okay. So the Christian life is about the positive virtue. It's not about just the avoidance of certain things, but it's about doing something positive. All right? Um and and this is what goodness is. It's equivalent to virtue. We're talking about uh, prudence. We're talking about justice. We're talking about temperance. We're talking about courage. And then to um, click it up a notch, talking about the theological virtues of faith, hope, and love of God. So that all our virtue and our striving to be good human beings and good Christians now takes upon itself a transcendent horizon and is pointed upwards. It's a very forward-looking vision. It's not about, okay, let me just sort of avoid these like really obviously big sins <laughs> and I'll be okay. It's, it's not that at all. The Christian life is this humongous adventure and a journey towards God himself. It's an awesome vocation to nothing less than the holiness of God. It's a great adventure. It's a really positive message. Um, I'm right now. I'm taking a. I'm teaching a little class right now. I just have three students in this class through Saint Saint Bernard's, and what we're doing is we're studying the theology of justification. And so we have the opportunity to interact with a lot of differences between um, the differences between Protestant and Catholic theology. And when you look in all of that uh, ref- theological reflection, you go back to the idea of original sin. There's a huge difference between the Protestant and the Catholic understanding of original sin, uh, or I should say really original justice, that Adam and Eve in the Protestant vision were created without sin. 
So their key aspect of their goodness and their justice was an absence of something. In the Catholic vision, Adam and Eve were created, yes, without sin, so there is an absence of something, but that's not it. That's not all. They were created with the presence, with the positive presence of something, and that something is grace. And grace brings with it all the virtues, faith, hope, charity, prudence, justice, fortitude, courage. There is this positive gift of holiness and virtue that was with us, with humanity from the beginning and still there in the divine intention. And through Christ, that positive goodness can be restored. That's what it is to be holy. So it's not just an absence of something. The Catholic vision is about the the positive presence of something. Virtue, goodness, and yes, holiness. It's a really exciting, positive message uh, a very wonderful, wonderful thing. It shouldn't intimidate us. It shouldn't creep, make us be afraid like, oh, I can't do this. God is with us. He can help us. So we do have to talk about, let's avoid these big sins. But in addition, let's talk about the virtue and the positive goodness and holiness for which we need to strive. And let this Lent be, be a reminder of that.